this distributed applications and this distributed workforce um, to really bring these two together and, and make it effective for an organization. There's something missing, and, and that's what we discussed in the May uh, meeting. Welcome to The Edge, the official podcast of the SSE Forum. The SSE Forum brings together people like you, the IT practitioner, who are conquering the biggest challenges in networking and security. Together, the members of the forum share strategy, uncover requirements, and discuss best practices for enabling the modern workplace through security delivered at the network edge. To learn more about the SSE Forum, go to sseforum.com. IO. This podcast is sponsored by Access Security. Access Security secures the modern workplace. They make access to resources and applications impossibly simple and completely seamless. Take the Access 29-minute challenge. See how easy secure application delivery can be. Learn more at accesssecurity.com. And now, on to the podcast. In episode six of The Edge, Jay and John discuss the May meeting of the SSE Forum. The topic was the missing element of SASE and SSE. What could it be? Channel your inner Sherlock Holmes and let's go hunting for clues. So Jay, it's been a while. Um, I think you uh, you took a holiday. I did. I went to a place called Lanzarote, and I guess for the people maybe in the U.S. not familiar with that, it's a Canary Island. It's Spanish. It's off the coast of Spain. Um, kind of has the same temperature all year round, so 20, 25 degrees Celsius. Those in the U.S. can convert that themselves. It's nice to get away, have a bit of a break, get some sunshine, uh, and and really come back and get kind of deep into the weeds again. I mean, we've got RSA coming up, so it'd be great to actually meet you in, in person. Um, it feels like I already know you pretty well. We talk a lot. And then after that, I've got InfoSec I'm going to be at. Um, so if anyone's at either of those two, come along and look us up. Um, but yeah, it was good to have a bit of a break. Um, what did what did you get up to when I was away? Oh, what did I get up to? Um, I'm really trying to avoid the um, the weather here in Portland. We had a a week or so of of rain so while you were enjoying the sunshine probably the beaches and i suspect some great spanish food i was um trying to avoid raindrops uh thinking about how awesome it would be to get out on my bike on a sunny day but instead being inside riding a peloton and um taking my kids out for dinner uh, when my wife was away uh, with her friends. And of course I have young kids. So the food choices were limited to, honestly, they like McDonald's and uh, hopefully nobody from McDonald's is listening. I can't find anything on the menu again that I enjoy there Uh, as a kid. It was great, but as an adult, um, I kind of limited myself to breakfast there. I still enjoy a solid um, sausage egg McMuffin, but uh, <laughs> that that has been my experience lately. 
No, I'm not going to ruin or make you jealous, but yes, we had some really good Spanish food. So yeah. Sorry. So hey, we had our May version of the SSC forum, and um, the topic was, I guess you would say, the missing elements. If you look at the the SASE and even the SSC paradigm uh, from Gartner, um, there's something missing. You know, we we do talk about the networky side, uh, SD WAN. Um, my other favorite topic, WAN optimization. We, we should do a podcast on that topic. I have some thoughts there, um, as well as the, the security service edge stack, including CASB and Z- Zero Trust um, and uh, DLP and so on and so forth. But, you know, uh, with this distributed applications and this distributed workforce, um, to really bring these two together and, and make it effective for an organization, there's something missing. And, and that's what we discussed in the May uh, meeting. Yeah, I thought it was a really good meeting, to be honest. I mean, we talked about how data started to kind of progress out to the cloud really before the pandemic, but th- there was a feeling that in some cases, people were kind of a little bit nervous about adopting cloud. I mean, it was a term that I never really liked the name of anyway. Um, but then obviously it was still happening, data was still going out there. And um, But when the pandemic came along, users kind of left the office and, and, and were elsewhere. And that meant data was also elsewhere because it felt a bit like the cloud adoption sped up during the pandemic. Um, so now you've got users outside of the office, data outside of the office, applications outside of the office. But all your monitoring tools, and I say all because there are lots, and you, there wasn't just one, there were plenty, but they were all still sat on-prem. So you had tools that would monitor applications, monitor your network, monitor performance, monitor uptime, give kind of some insights into visibility. But there were multiple applications that do that, looked after by multiple teams. So we talked about, was that did that make sense anymore? With, with with the users not being there and the data not being there and your applications not being there and really not ever going to be there full-time anymore, what use were those tools? Um, and, and we kind of moved on from there and, and, and talked a little bit about, okay, if all your applications are in the cloud and your users are outside, shouldn't the tool be in the cloud? Um, and we, we, we all agreed that it was missing in the SSE stack. Um, I guess that's similar to your thoughts, though, right? Yeah, the topic was the missing element of the SSE stack, and that's digital experience. So, to your point, you know, applications have moved outside the data center; they're distributed in let's call it all corners of the world. And um, the events of March 2020 also uh, created the same situation for your workforce, whether that's the the employees that you have internally, your contractors, everybody, um, just about everybody started um, working from home. And that changes the dynamics of how you deliver networks, how you create security and how you measure that. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, CIO is, is interested in the productivity generated by an application. So how do you monitor, measure um, how that application is performing. And that seemed, that is, it is currently not listed, uh, is alluded to, but not listed in the uh, the Gartner breakdown of uh, SASE and both SSE. 
But in my opinion, I, and I, I think we uh, coalesced on this agreement within the forum that that needs to be called out. Um, the how it is called out and, and what it means, uh, that was an interesting discussion. Um, we talked about some of the iterations of the tools out there, um, how they're used, how they're leveraged. Um, there was some discussion around, um, you know, great excitement around a tool. Uh, you learn about it from the vendor. You're like, dang, this one's gonna, this is gonna change our lives. This is gonna make things a lot better. There's a lot of promise. And then once you put it into place, utter disappointment. Um, either the app, the tool doesn't do as it's advertised to do, or it um, generates uh, one of the conversations we had about was uh, the amount of noise tools like this generate. And uh, over a period of time, that just becomes background noise and ignored. Um, all of that said, I think there is there is great promise here. Um, given that we're seeing this intersection of networking and security come together uh, under one tool set, one platform, uh, there's an opportunity here to really affect change and um, bring about uh, what I like to call the proactive approach for an operations or a NOC team, uh, really to help you know the, the the new modern workforce. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. There was definitely some cynical kind of feeling about tools being promised that could kind of deliver but whether they would or not i mean we've all everyone on the ssc forum worked in it long enough to know that you might get promised what a tool may deliver but is it actually going to deliver it um and i think that kind of led us on to talk about is it viable to to have a single tool um and it was certainly raised that with SSE, a lot of the traffic travels through the SSE platform, um, whether it be remote access in and out, whether it be access to cloud, whether it's internet, kind of if all the traffic's going through that tool, why wouldn't you have visibility within that tool as well? Because it's already traveling all through the tool. So there was talk about that. And I think we kind of agreed, even though being a bit cynical about could it deliver it, we talked about it should be able to because it's kind of the data's traversing that that through there. Um, but we also talked a little bit about, and funnily enough, we all joke that it's always DNS's fault um, or the network. Um, and I, I remember laughing that obviously you came from a network background and I've certainly worked in organizations where, oh, it's always the network, it's always a network. And most of the time it's not the network, but we did all agree that it normally is DNS. Um, but we talked about, okay, if there is such a tool and it's within the SSE stack, which we believed it should be, then who's responsible for it? Um, who, should, who should look after it? Because when the tools were on-prem, you would have some kind of uh, screen normally within your IT department that had green, amber, red. Um, and if it started flashing amber and then went to red, people would panic. And then they'd probably call up the network team and say it's the network, even though it probably wasn't. Um, but you had a rough idea of, of, of who you should kind of target the problems at. Um, but there were different tools and, and those di different areas would open up their different tools and look at the network or look at the applications. Um, so there was kind of questions around if it is within SSE, then 
who's responsible. Um, we had a little bit of talk about displaying it in different ways, and and I guess that led on to to the to the next topic, which was where we should store the data. Um, we talked a little bit about, and and you've alluded to it just now that these tools create tons of data and we we all had experience with having these tools that open a ticket every time is a problem and at the end of the day you've ended up with a thousand tickets and they don't make any sense um so we had a little bit of a talk about that um do you agree with that element yeah i mean we were the tools owned i mean it's it's going to be a shared resource um if the team is focused on using SSE or even SASE is kind of a point solution. So um, third-party access is a, is a good example or uh, mergers and acquisitions. That means the tool is going to be very narrowly focused. It's, it's going to be, you know, likely within either the network or security team. Uh, but if we start to extend that lens out and say there's other use cases, uh, modern workforce, it's the hybrid worker, it's the remote warrior, uh, and then we go to another level, and I think there's a great opportunity for this, and this is uh, one of the topics we're going to discuss at RSA during the live uh, SSE forum meeting, is uh, ZTNA Anywhere. So if we extend, uh, now we have the third party, we have the mergers and acquisitions, we have the hybrid workforce, the remote workforce, uh, and then we extend to the campus location, then that tool really starts to shine. And um, we can start to affect how an IT organization uh, delivers service by starting to do what's called shift left. And essentially the concept here is you want to take work away from the engineering or the support team and put that on your operations team. And um, as you do that, uh, you reduce your costs. And I would also argue that you um, also increase um, the likability or uh, the reputation of that operations team if you empower them with the right tools, the right information at the right time. And uh, if the employee calls in and says, hey, my, my Wi-Fi or my, my Zoom call is slow, why is that? And if that operations person doesn't have to escalate to the network person or the, the end user compute person, or maybe even the security person and can have the information right there and say, look, um, what we're seeing is um, you're, 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 somebody downloaded something and maybe it was a patch at the time uh, because a lot of these patches live on a CDN system and can generate a huge amount of data in a short amount of time and impact a, a real time application like Zoom. If, if that operations person can you know, get to that point where uh, they see it and they see that activity or at least have the clues to that activity and it can help that employee out at the moment, that's a win across the organization. Um, you, you don't have to escalate to the network person. Uh, the operation person has solved the problem. The employee is back up and running and has the information. So next time they can tell their husband, uh, don't download that patch on Tuesday morning uh, when I have a Zoom call uh, that involves, you know, maybe potentially a million dollar sale. That's great information. And I think that's where this type of tooling can um, be very effective. Yeah. And actually, Zoom was one of the things that, or video conferencing in general, was one of the things that 
we we had quite a long debate on um we talked about the fact that improving video conferencing was was huge for businesses um we talked about it's likely that people will kind of remain at home or in some kind of hybrid workforce and that video conferencing was critical and, and there's a huge reliance on it now and that's probably where the, the kind of the biggest concerns are um there was talk about and, and somebody raised um that if we could promise to fix video conferencing we could get the money easily because that was a critical problem and actually uh, that same particular person brought up the fact that he felt that it, it could be somebody within video conferencing that releases a tool that does video conferencing that has the ability to detect and resolve kind of network problems and tell you about them. And he felt that maybe some kind of startup would come along and, and with, with that solution. And And I don't necessarily disagree because certainly – Throughout the pandemic, video conferencing was 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 hugely relied on for for all businesses. That was the way you kept in touch. Um, yes, we may use kind of instant messaging, whether that be within Teams or Slack or whatever it may be. Companies were doing that, but the FaceTime that people missed out on in an office was taken up with either meetings on on Zoom or or Teams or what, whatever tool of your choice. And then ad hoc calls to people just to see if they were okay and see facial expressions and see body language. So that is a critical thing. And I think it was me that said that certainly in the summer for those two or three days in, in, in the summer when the weather comes out and it's sunny, um, people went and sat in the garden. You, you could look out your window and see everyone sat in the garden. And we had many, many calls about, my Zoom call's not working. My Teams not call's not working because people are outside and their Wi-Fi is too far away. Um, so anything that could help users kind of resolve their issues um, themselves. Um, we then kind of moved on to, did we feel that the digital experience tools that exist currently are mature? And there was conversations about a lot of tools take a year or two years to mature. Um, there was talk about these tools have been around for a while, but they hadn't matured because they were kind of designed in a world pre-pandemic. So they weren't necessarily designed to look at what the issues are now. Uh, and we felt that it would take time and it would it, it would probably be somebody who comes along that has great visibility in their product already that are, are, are going to be the best at doing this. Um, and I guess then we 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 kind of moved on from that to talk about what we thought the best digital experience tool needed to have in it. Um, and it was funny because I expected everyone to have slightly different takes on digital experience because when you Google it, there are there are a lot of different answers and and different product sets out there. But actually, when we asked around the group what were their kind of top three requirements from a from a digital experience tool, they were very similar, right? Yeah, very similar. And I want kind of go, want to go back. I mean, 
we talked a lot about, is there an opportunity for an Omni tool is, is, that would solve all the problems? So um, would be able to, you know, something you could put in front of an operations person and, and very simply uh, they would get the magic answer out of. Uh, and there's a lot of promise in that. Uh, AI, uh, you hear a lot about AI ops. And, um, you know, there was a, I was watching a video the other day um, where a, a kid was talking about AI and, and ML and, and saying the difference between the two is uh, AI is written in PowerPoint, ML is written in Python. Um, and there's a lot of truth out there in terms of this promise of AI ops uh, and, and what it can do. And it can you know, magically point out where the problem is. But at the end of the day, that's hard. If you think about the modern network uh, security structure um, and how an enterprise deploys it, uh, you know, they might have a Palo Alto firewall. They probably have a Cisco router. They probably have a presence in Azure cloud they might be using Dell servers. They might also be using HP servers. Um, they have on-prem applications. They're leveraging Windows. Uh, they're leveraging Mac. You may have a development team that leverages Linux. This is a very hybrid um, enterprise. This is a very hybrid sort of infrastructure and tooling around IT. To ask an Omni tool, to be able to understand all of these parts and pieces, be have integrations into, for instance, a Palo Alto firewall and be able to talk to, you know, not only the, the latest rev of Pan OS, but, you know, three or four uh, generations back, that's a hard ask. Um, and, you know, the conversation then came down to, look, you're never gonna get rid of all the network tools. You're never going to get rid of all the server tools and you're never going to get rid of the security tools and the storage tools. There's always going to be point solutions. Um, so the networking team can do a deep dive and understand, is this network? Is this DNS? Um, how do we get, you know, proclaimed innocent and, and get to leave that late night uh, Zoom call? Um, so really what we came down to is if you're building um, a digital experience tool, really focus on the basics. Don't tell me that, you know, my application score is 84%. Just tell me if it's green, if it's yellow, if it's red, and then offer me some clues as to, you know, where should I be looking to solve this problem in, in this period of time? Is it... Um, should this go to the networking team? Should it go to the security team? Or is um, the PC, which has, let's call it uh, eight agents on it. Um, one of those agents was recently updated and, and uh, the, the update has a, a bug that runs the CPU up to you know 90% and that's causing the slowness. Um, that's really what, um, at the end of the day, we, we kind of coalesced on is, in terms of, of uh, digital experience, provide me a simple tool to uh, point me in the right direction. Yeah, because I, I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, these tools are never gonna perform magic. Um, some proactivity would be good uh, if it was possible for them to be proactive. Um, but they need to be simple. They need to be easy to use. They, they. I mean, I've used things like 
SCCM and, and solar winds and all these other kind of tools. And they take a lot of time to set up and they don't really give you the full story. They may point you in the right direction, but you can end up with thousands of tickets, as I said earlier on. Um, we just want simplicity. There, were, there was talk about having kind of a, a red, yellow, green dashboard. So it's easy to look and go, okay, it's green, we're fine, or it's red, there's a problem. Um, we talked a little bit about um, trending information. Um, certainly what I saw during the pandemic was you'd get a load of phone calls, maybe across multiple sites that said there's a problem with teams or, or whatever it may be. And it was difficult to necessarily see that actually it was a problem with teams globally. It wasn't a problem with anything else. And, and it will be good to be able to collate those problems together and go, there's a problem with Office 365 or there's a problem with Amazon or whatever it might be to, to make it simpler. And also equally to be able to look at historic trending. Amy has a problem every Tuesday at five o'clock. Oh, it happens to be that her son brings his friends around and they all play on the Xbox, something like that. Um, again, you, you said deep dive, being able to start maybe at the high level, see that there's an issue and that might be great for your first line tech team and they might be able to, fix a problem from that view, but then being able to deep dive, maybe being able to look further down to a point, because I don't think you're ever going to get all the way down the chain. Um, and also we, we talked about helping users help themselves in some way. Um, notifying them maybe that there's a, there's an issue with their home broadband or the, the CPU on their machine spiking or something like that. Something that they, they, they can maybe resolve themselves. Um, we still all came back with the fact it was always a DNS problem, um, <laughs> which we all laughed about. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think, I guess, from my point of view, I thought it was a really useful conversation. I think maybe to conclude, um, we agreed it needed to be simple. We, we, like I said, people were cynical. People were a bit like, there's a promise out there, but is it going to deliver? I think we all agreed. Um, that data users and applications have moved. So why have on-premise tools any longer that we should move out of that? And that's not to say that those on-premise tools should go away because there's still going to be some legacy stuff on-prem. And that's the issue, trying to get those tools to work together. Um, but we all agreed that the tool was definitely necessary. We agreed that it, should be in the SSE stack visibility and, and digital experience and user experience and all that. However you want to brand it should be in there. Um, and, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So in summary um, for the SSE folks out there uh, in the industry, as well as the SASE people, I think our recommendation is uh, uh, definitely think simple, think um, insights, uh, clues, and uh, when you're out there marketing these solutions under promise and over deliver. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a brilliant one. Um, um, so we got some stuff coming up at RSA. Uh, for folks out there that are attending, uh, please link up with myself, Jay, on LinkedIn. Uh, we've now added a SSE Forum uh, LinkedIn sites or page, I guess you would call it. 
please give us a follow. Um, we're going to be posting some content there. Uh, we're looking into some ways to distribute uh, content like this we do in the podcast, but maybe in a live format. So exploring opportunities there. Uh, we also have a Twitter account uh, for the Edge podcast. Uh, follow that. Uh, we're going to be out and about uh, the entire week of RSA, uh, hopefully grabbing some folks, having some great conversations. Um, at worst case, you're going to find out what JRI have been eating, what restaurants we go to. Uh, if you know us, you know we both love food, and uh, it should be some interesting times. So uh, looking forward to RSA and meeting you in person. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, like I said, we've spoken <laughs> a lot. I've seen you a lot, physically not met you yet. So that'll be great. Uh, welcome to the hybrid workforce <laughs> or the modern workplace. Um, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at RSA. See you all soon. This podcast is a production of the SSC Forum. Editing and post-production is provided by John Spiegel. Sound engineering is expertly conducted by Chris Danby. Food recommendations? Solely the territory of Jay Tilson. Thanks for listening and give us a follow on LinkedIn as well as on Twitter. Twitter.